Hello boys and girls, what's going on? It's Tom. And it's Jamie. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. The Chronicles of Bloodstock 2023. Well, first things first, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your insanely busy schedules to uh, sit in chapters for a little bit. It's graciously appreciated. Um, oh, pleasure. Oh, thank you for having things. us. Oh, not at all. You know, obviously, we were hoping to get hold of you actually at the festival itself, but I know um, things were just absolutely crazy and whatnot. So we're happy we can yeah. finally sit down now and, uh, and and get you guys. So first things first, how are you both? Are you well? We're good. I'm good, Adam. Busy, yeah, busy, good, busy, good, but yeah, good, happy, looking forward to Halloween, which is the next one, and then Christmas, and then Easter, and the, next and the festival. Yeah, and then the, the festival, yeah. The next date on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. I, I, live, I live for moments, as you can he tell, there's generally five in the year, so. <laughs> Literally, he's only got Halloween, bonfire night, Christmas, and then he's done this year, he's not interested in anything else. Oh, no, apart from bin day, which is Thursday, so. <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll we are <laughs> are you the are you that guy that the neighbors wait for you first to put your bed out so they know which you know what i did tonight it's actually been day thursday and i got my days confused so much vicky did i went to put the bin out earlier on wheeled it to the top of the drive then realized nobody else would put their bins out and then it was like oh god it's tuesday then wheeled it back down again should have thrown the whole street off <laughs> yeah someone in the window like have you seen him what's he doing what's he doing look at him yeah. <laughs> he's got the <laughs> Yes, because everyone's checking their phones. They're like, no, we've got the right day, hasn't it? <laughs> hey, I probably shouldn't talk about bins while I'm on a podcast. It's not the best thing to oh, do. No, is it? You no, no, no. Good point. <laughs> um, also, can I just commend you for saying Halloween, not spooky season? We're not Americans here, so the amount of no, people that adopted not. that term does my head no, in. It's, it's always been Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, I think I think because of the generation of TikTok and social media, people now call it spooky season. If they're outside of America, then we need to stop that. Let's put an end to I that. Don't that TikTok. Ruining it again, you see, making it silly. <laughs> we give them a language and they completely abuse it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Start making up their own words. Anyway, exactly. anyway. Anyway. Um, how, how was your festival this year? I know it was two months ago now, but uh, any particular highlights for you guys? Anything that stood out for you or just fantastic in general? It, uh, it, uh, to me, it's fantastic. I mean, it sounds awful to say. It's always a bit of a blur because you're so busy, you don't always get a chance to take it in. So people always say to me, particularly, I'm sure they say the same to Adam, what bands did you see? You'll be surprised how many you don't get to see because mm. you're running here, there and everywhere. Um, as far as the festival went, it was a huge success um and it i mean i'm always blown away by the fact that 20,000 people put their absolute faith in us as organizers who are still winging it 22 years down the line <laughs> that, that they come every year and they know they're going to have a good time and it was just a great weekend again adam i absolutely agree no i i i echo the sentiment you know the biggest thing for me i think is you know every, every and I do the same thing every year you go on stage and just look out at the audience you know just pre-headline set or something and to see all of those people turn up for something that you've kind of you know rustled together with a great team behind you and in front of you and at the side of you i think is awe inspiring um i think bands wise i saw two tracks from uh you high and that was it so that was my oh, wow. sort of highlight for the weekend um because i didn't get to see anybody else um but yeah it was it was, it was just it was great so 
fantastic. Yeah. And again, just a massive thank you for having us. It was, we absolutely loved it. It is just, sure. I, I've never been to a festival where you just feel so safe. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got yeah. such a massive family feel, and I'm not saying it's because you're here. I'm just as genuine. I like, just oh, I better, I better, I, you know, better suck up to them somehow. Um, bet you say that to all the festivals. <laughs> Jamie, don't tell them. Um, but genuinely, yeah. I mean, like with the current state of affairs at the moment in the world. Yeah, like I've never. It, everyone gets to be just themselves. They get mm. to be them, and you can. It, it's just a beautiful thing. I, I've absolutely. I've only this is only my second year, but my God, it, it's incredible. I, yeah, I think you've done a superb job. I think it's it's nice that people can be unapologetically them. You know, without yes. compromise, without without concern of of you know any kind of judgment or or you know angst from anybody else. You know, and I, and I love to see people just being who they are. You know, because it's, it's it's allowing people to be true to themselves. And we get that's a rarity in this modern society. People, yep. you know, especially with social media and everything being visual and, you know, you put yourself out there, it's recorded in time forever. I think it's nice that people can go somewhere and, and just literally be exactly who they want to be. And that's a lovely thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And you saw that people in the crowd, you know, just dressing how they want to dress, just enjoying themselves. Like one of the bands we spoke to, I didn't see his person, he said... He saw a guy walking around in a dog mask and his girlfriend had him on a lead. That's how they <laughs> want to live their life. And they got to do it. There was another guy dressed as a tin of spam. If that's how you want to live your life, fair enough, mate. But oh, he I did. Love spam. Yeah. I love spam. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't see that, but I love it. I love spam. <laughs> I wish I'd seen that. I'd have literally shook him by the hand. The thing is, that's the cool thing. If you like people watching, Bloodstock is great for that. Because oh, yeah. you can just sit, have a beer whatever you know and just look at the and, and there's some amazing outfits i love doing that at the festival obviously because we do things like have the fancy dress side people really make an effort it's, it's a really good vibe it is and i love that fact <laughs> i know the term gets used a lot and i've said it here and it got used lots of the festival the bloodstock family because it is mm. like everyone just feels like a big family there and trusts each other to just be themselves around each other and look out for each other yeah. And as well as that, there's literal families there. Like one of my highlights from this year was turning around and seeing a woman <laughs> cradling her baby while rocking back and forth to my sugar. I was like, that is one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's how it should be, though. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, that, that's what we, that's what as a metal community we should be about. And that's what we, you know, as far as Blood Socks is concerned and everybody that attends, that's that's the sort of feeling we want everybody walking around with exactly what you've got. You know, so if we can all do that, we can all go to a festival and feel that way, then we're winning aren't we yeah absolutely 100%. yeah but before we get onto the sophie stuff the 24 announcement like i don't it's unbelievable and i i actually genuinely love the fact that you have someone come out on stage and go you ready it, it, here's next year for you, you know I, I don't, i've never seen that happen before either i think it's incredible i'm always like oh well, who's next and then obviously seeing architects up there in malevolence was like oh my god it's gonna be unbelievable <laughs> That's on Vicky. Are, we are, yeah, we are, to be fair, one of the um, first festivals and only festivals, I think, in the UK that announce at the festival. So we want to, we only started that a few years ago, but it's great to have that vibe where you, you, you're probably, you know, as much as looking forward to this year's festival because you're there, suddenly getting that countdown and seeing yeah. the next 10, 15 bands for the next year, people love it it's like and we i mean i i and simon we, we do everything we can to get as many bands as we can 
do get locked in for the announcement. Um, and I think we're one of we are one of the only festivals that do it at the festival. It's quite a rare thing. Normally, it's a few weeks or sometimes months before other festivals announce their following year's lineup. So I, I think don't think many have announced Dudley for next year yet. <coughs> Two thousand no, trees have announced one headliner. I think that's all I've seen that's been announced. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen anything there. But for me, it was Infected Rain. As soon as that name came up, I was like, yes! Because I wanted <laughs> to see that band for so long. <laughs> There's been some really good stuff on that. And the thing is, because I know who's coming next, we've got some great stuff lined up. I can't help it because the thing is, like people, I, I, was, I always, even when I'm at the festival, like this year's festival, my head is at 24 because I'm already working on the lineup. And unfortunately, sometimes I'm too busy thinking of the following year. So I have to be really, really careful when I'm doing interviews at 23 that I don't accidentally <laughs> name drop. <laughs> well, I've already um, sent you about an email from today for 25. Yes. So that I one earlier. I'm not, obviously, I've not said who because we're not going to do that. No, but... no, no, no. But we've, yeah, we get a lot of emails. I mean, like now we're, we're talking about the 25 headliners, which is crazy. It's nuts. Like, 23 just done? finished. Yeah. Well, well, nuts. Yeah. 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 Can't say good luck to <laughs> <laughs> my, I, my brain just went. Did, is that what I just heard? That's what I didn't react first, and I was like, "That's definitely what I heard." <laughs> yes, again, it's Adam's fault. <laughs> I know what I meant. It's fine. <laughs> but obviously, we we do need to talk about is why we're here. The Sophie Lancaster Foundation. There is an amazing special relationship between Bloodstock and the foundation and it grows every single year and obviously this year you decided to bring back the pink t-shirts on the yes. friday to dedicate to sylvia what made you want to bring that back again this year after after success last year you want to feel that <clears throat> am i feeling that or are you feeling that no you can feel that you can do that. all right okay uh, well basically i think it just went down so well on the sunday last year you know uh, you know the, the previous year 2022 you know it, it was something that was great to see there was a good good turnout of people sort of taking part and wearing something pink um the relationship that we've had with the foundation has been you know immensely important to us and everybody that comes to the festival and you know obviously with with Sylvia's passing it's you know it's, it's more poignant than ever that we sort of keep that going and and we emphasize that relationship even further and I think it's something that when the focus tends to sort of slip away if you just do what you've always done to the fact that it's under underplayed or understated people can forget and we don't want that we want we want to keep reinforcing the message and reinforcing that relationship so that people keep that in mind whenever they're out and about and and they've got that support network that's around them and and that's out there and it's 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 you know it's the backbone of one of the backbones for bloodstock i think you know with with the sophie stage and and uh, the whole relationship that we've had over time so you know we'll keep doing that and we'll keep trying to reinvent it um it's a it's a solid relationship that we'll always support it's it's beautiful because obviously same with the stage, like you put that out there. We're going to wear pink T-shirts for Sylvia and Sophie Lancaster. People who don't know that story then go, who's the bloody hell Sylvia and Sophie Lancaster? Mm. Google it. And then they'll know that story. And I was saying to yeah. bands at the festival, you're playing that stage. People will go, who's Sophie Lancaster? They'll Google it. And it brings more eyes to it. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's why we said that, you know, we'll always keep the stage name the same. You know, we may get a sponsor at some point that comes on board and wants to sponsor that stage, but it'll be Brand X supports the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, the Sophie Lancaster stage, that, that stage name will always be there, um, you know, regardless of what happens. So, you know, for us, it's something that we're we're going to continue to support. It means a, tre a tremendous amount to us. 
um, to everybody within the team and everybody that's connected with the festival, whether you're a fan, somebody that works there, a band or whatever, you know, I think everyone, everybody who knows the story understands why we do it and, and they're happy to support it. So we'll keep doing it. It's important work they do, very important work. It is. It is very important work. And it's it's great to see that people at the festival support it as well. Like every yeah. time we went past that tent, there was queues. I'm thinking, you guys are here every year, like mm -hmm. giving them your money, buying those new wristbands every year. And it's amazing to see. Yeah. It really is amazing to see the support they get. They had a good, good love of support from us this year, I think. You know, they had obviously the T-shirt Amnesty and Rock Sock. We had the uh, charity donations that came through. The bar staff gave all their tips um, this year as well. And then Alan, the bar manager, said he'd match whatever the tips were. So that ended up costing him deep in his pockets as well. So, you know, every everybody, <laughs> you know, everybody understands why we do what we do. And, and you know, they're happy to support it. So, you know, we'll, we'll just keep on doing that. I think it's, a, it's the good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It is. Yeah. And it, it's amazing to see the bands get on board as well. Like mm. I saw clips of Ambrius dedicating their last song to Sophie and Sylvia. Gurria said a small thing. And of course, what Skin did with the jacket mm. as well. Yeah. But it, it's amazing that even the bands are getting on board. Yeah, I mean, Skin that, were that, very, uh, are, very into it, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, bands are hugely supportive of it. It goes without saying. I mean, I know there's a couple of big bands at the moment behind the scenes that are that came to me um that isn't it isn't out there as public knowledge yet that we'll be doing something in support of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation this year so it's a huge thing you know we make the awareness it's like um Billy from Biohazard when he did the um jujitsu in the arena mm. he actually had three buckets around his little thing and he was like anyone wants to put any donations in it'll go straight to Sophie Lancaster and he That's hit amazing. me up he he googled it and he was like I've read all about why the second stage is called the Sophie Lancaster stage and all about it. He says, it's absolutely broke my heart. He said, so I'm going to do this thing. And then if anyone wants to give money, we'll put buckets around the side. And he raised quite a lot with people just literally because um, he did it for sort of two hours as a wow. little jujitsu event. Um, and it means bands are brilliant. I mean, I can't fault the bands that support it. And, every, and, and still now there's a lot of bands that obviously play Bloodstock that play the Sophie stage that don't necessarily know about mm -hmm. it. So it is raising the awareness constantly. It is. Because obviously this was an issue that happened here in the UK and a lot of the bands are coming from other countries, so they're not going to know about yeah. it. Like when no. we were interviewing the bands, quite a few of them, we said, oh, do you know about Sophie's story? And they had no idea. They, had mm. to feel like they were shocked as well. Yeah. Like yeah. People really taken aback about the story as well. But this is yeah. things that happen in their own countries as well. You know, so this isn't siloed to... to... <laughs> the UK by any means it's just the fact that we've got a situation that's raised its head you know that has, has now sort of gathered momentum with awareness that should be happening globally you know so the foundation needs to be accepted and needs to be promoted globally across all these bands so the more bands that find out about this that you know they've got big voices you know so they mm -hmm. say something their fans will listen and I think it's important that they they take that message away you know and and uh, you know the more we can teach people globally the better absolutely yeah. absolutely agree that's something i say every week on the show when we're plugging <laughs> them i say this is not a uk issue this happened no. in no. the uk but it's not a uk issue yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely but yeah. i just wanted to take it back for you guys because obviously you were raised in this world of rock and metal because of your dad as well were you guys ever treated differently growing up because of the music you listen to the way you dress whatever it may be me personally no um you know i, I went to school with 
a number of people that that were similarly into the kind of music that I was, but equally there was far more people that were into the the modern <laughs> pop rap run, you know, that that kind of sort of popular music, if you like. Um, and you'd, you'd get the odd comment, or a friend of mine would probably get the odd comment. I never personally, you know, I'm I'm lucky to say ever suffered with that. Um, but I'm not a small guy nowadays, so people don't tend to say too much. Um, but that shouldn't be the reason why. It should be a case that people don't say anything, quite simply because it's not their place to. Um, but, you know, I've seen plenty of horror stories that people have been spoken to adversely abused just purely through music taste or or the way they dress or, you know, and it's just deplorable. I mean, I, I was very... I was very different to Adam. So at school, I was the kid. I wasn't in the popular clique of kids. So um, I sort of listened to grunge. Grunge was big when I was a teenager. So that's what I grew up listening to. So I had a nose ring and an undercut and wore Doc Martens and <clears throat> dressed in gypsy skirts. And people just didn't take to that because there was only a very few people at my school that dressed like that, me and my best friend being the main. So I was quite heavily bullied at school. Um, so... I know how it feels, absolutely how it feels. And that's, you know, that was just how I was. Um, and I sort of, it sounds awful thing to say, I, I kind of got used to it and accepted it because I thought, well, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to look like the popular girls and I'm never going to look different to how I look. So I 100%, this is why I guess for me, it's quite raw. Mm. Um, even now, you know, I see sometimes the, the girls that are fully grown adults now, that used to bully me at school and you know i don't know them anymore personally but i still sometimes think do they know the profound effect it can have on somebody when they're victimized or they're bullied or they're treated differently so absolutely it's horrible and the worst part about that is the fact that you went i'm expecting this now mm. like we shouldn't yeah, have think, to expect think, it no and i think because i knew that i was in a minority of the way i dressed at school you know, there weren't many of us that dressed at that time like, um, you know, we're going back to the 90s. So you're going back 30 years. Mm. So wearing the sort of, you know, the whole grunge era, it was a certain look, which everybody that lived through that era knows what that look was like. And it was very cool. And it still is. Uh, but it shouldn't have really mattered, is the point. It shouldn't have changed people's opinion of me because of how I looked when I was at school. But we live in different times now, I think, where people... They, they they speak out whereas now yes. you know back then even 10 15 years ago people didn't speak out it wasn't it wasn't the right thing to do there wasn't support for them you know they felt very isolated and on their own um you know me personally you know if i if i ever saw somebody from our community being abused then certain people would see a different side of me because i you know i i hate that level of bullying i can't stand it um, you know, and it, it, it angers me. It really does. It makes me it makes me, you know, see red, which is, you know, not a great thing to do. But um yeah. We we live in different times, don't we? I think where people are prepared to now say, No, that you're not doing that. You know, I, I, mean, think, I think well, it's a bit of a double edged sword because back then when we were growing up, you didn't have social media. So no. it it was more of a um physical name calling type thing. Now you've got the double edged sword. Uh, which is horrific of it being physical to your face um and online mm. which that can be all consuming because you can't get away from it because when it's online it, it it's coming into your home whereas 
when I was bullied and I'm not playing it down, you know, I was at school and I felt that when I got home, I was in a safe environment because nobody could touch me. But now you've got social media, it makes it... You're accessible all the time. Yeah, you're accessible. All, yeah, you're accessible yeah. all the time. I think people live online, don't they? They live their lives very much on social media. So everything about them becomes social media. They become a far easier target um, yeah. from the cowards that quite simply will be sitting somewhere in a little dark room, you know, uh, feeling themselves to be, you know, emotionally massive because they can be abusive to people they'll never meet, but they mm -hmm. don't understand and appreciate the impact that has on people. It's it's, it's horrific, you know. Yeah. But you then get the the element of people that have got that mentality that will then take it out into the street as what as is what happened with Sophie. You know, it's it's horrific, and that's why it needs mm -hmm. to be stamped out at all levels. Absolutely does. From all yeah. the bands we spoke to, it was like, oh, yeah, it happened to me when I was younger. Like, I got jumped by 20 people, 10 people, 8 people, 15 yeah. people. It's never one person. It's always no. a, a mass of people targeting one person. It's feral. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's feral behaviour, you know, and it's and it's that you see it now. And it's normally a big grown guy, you know, or a big grown woman is, is less likely to be involved in that kind of behaviour. This is very much of a, a sort of whether it's you know considered to be a masculine coming of, of age or something like that where they've got a gang up and it's you know the fact is that as a minority group you know the sort of the metalheads and the alternative community are the easier target they feel you know I'm, I, I always sometimes wonder I think you know well, I'm sure if they tried that on you know an outlaw or a hell's angel if they'd have the same kind of response or outcome you know <laughs> the outcome might slightly differ but it's it's you know they'll pick their targets because they're weak themselves you know, and they can, they're only in their own minds tough and hard when they're billowing the feathers in front of, of 10, 15 people that stand behind them. Mm. Would they do that if they were on their own? And no, often you will find that when you're shouted at in the street or whatever else, it's normally somebody that's with other people. They'll very rarely do that on their own in case you, I mean, I'll, I'm, I now will confront anybody that has anything to say. If, if you have something to say, you have to be able to say it to my face. But I was never like that as a teenager, obviously. Um, and I've got a friend who's actually doing quite an interesting thing at the moment. She has her own business, which is an online business. And she gets sometimes heavily bullied with awful comments on her posts, which she started sort of ignoring. Um, but she's, you know, she's a she's a very, luckily, she's a very strong individual. But she actually started looking at some of these people that were actually making these comments to realize there were a lot of parents with children so she actually thought well i'm going to do a, a tester because some of these comments were horrific and they were public comments so they weren't messages to her so she actually started um clicking on the profiles and screenshotting them and sharing their profiles on her page to say these these are the kind of people that make horrific comments and some of these are clearly with with their own children um, and it's it's we're in a society where nobody's accountable, so it's very easy to abuse somebody, think no more about it, and think it has no consequence. Well, that's not correct. There is consequence for when you do something hateful or nasty to somebody else. There has to be. Absolutely. And, and no one's born a bully; they learn it from no. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, most I think you know because we're such a connected society now digitally. I think a lot of people see stuff that ordinarily they wouldn't be exposed to, you know, and, and I've got children myself and I've seen some of the stuff they, you know, that's popped up in their social media networks and things like that. And it's horrific some of the stuff that they get, they get to see, 
you know and yeah. i think so it's, if anything at the moment our battle against prejudice and hatred is probably as hard as it's ever been because it's not yeah. behind as vicky said you know just in the streets anymore it's behind closed doors in your own home you know and i think yeah. that's the battle we've got and it's the regulators that need to stamp that out with the social media networks and everything else to ensure that people are safe kids are safe and they don't learn these behaviors because that's ultimately where it's going to come from and parents have to take responsibility for their children to ensure that they are growing up to be good kids yeah absolutely treat people as you expect to be treated you know that's my that's my motto and i think you know if you can do that if we all did that we'd live in a a lovely utopian society wouldn't we Mm. absolutely but it's it's weird because in some aspects it is getting better like i remember at some point you couldn't get a job if you had tattoos below your forearm Mm. Yeah. And, but now you can. Like, I've been into a bank and the guy's like covered in tattoos. So in yeah. some aspects, it's getting there. But in others, like you're saying, with online bullying, there's still so much work to be done as well. And I mean, that's so important to highlight that yeah. it's not gone anywhere. My my yeah. only concern is when I see things like that, that this it, it isn't just a tick box exercise by a PLC or a corporation to say, oh, yeah, look, we've got a, a tattooed guy or we've got a, you know, a, a trans person or, or whatever it may be. And they're not just doing that to tick a box. And that's actually the mentality behind their own mindset as a business now that they are actually physically open to to sort of welcome everybody in. You know, I've got tattoos. You know, if I finish doing festivals, am I going to get a job? I hope so. You know, it's it's one of those things that you always think about and everybody always does. And, you know, both my kids, or sorry, my my oldest child, she's got tattoos all over herself and, and, you know, she's in a good job. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think there are, there are pockets of, of, tolerance that's starting to shine through uh, and and that is great to see because 10 years ago you wouldn't see that you wouldn't get into a, a suited job with a tattoo not at all so you know are we going the right way i hope we are i hope we are i just think it's i just think social media is allowing us to have another blockade that we've now got to also overcome digitally as well as yeah. physically. but we shall continue the good fight so yes and we and we do need to and what I was saying earlier about family, like at Bloodstock, one thing I noticed, there's a lot of kids there. Yes. Like, so many kids. I heard stories about nine-year-olds starting circle pits in the New Blood stage. Like, <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> young. The thing is, we are one of the only festivals, especially because it's heavy metal as well, that has children. Like, and I'm not even, people say to me, well, how young? And I'm like, look, I, a woman brought a four-month-old baby with ear defenders on. I mean, I go to a lot of music festivals and gigs. It's very rare I see families with toddlers. But that's how, thankfully, and, you know, we're humbled by it. That's how safe people feel when they come to Bloodstock, yeah. that they can bring their entire family. You know, I met nice a girl because, with... Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, it's nice as well because the teams engage with that. You know, some of the teams in the yes. New Blood stage, they got the circle pits going with the toddlers. You know, so they felt yeah. they felt part of it. And I think that was such a lovely thing to do. So it was, you and know, seeing things like that was fantastic. We had Stan and, and obviously the kids loved meeting Stan this year because he was walking mm. around and he was getting mobbed by the kids for photos. And and that's what it's about at the end of the day, because these kids will have I, I'm a, a teenager now this year who was 18 and he's been coming to the festival since he was six and Amazing. it's just and he's like oh, you know i'm coming on my own now with my mates he's like but my mom and dad brought me and i'm like that's brilliant that is what it's yeah. about that is exactly that that is exactly what it's about and those are the people we need to now look after because yeah. they're grow they're part of this community they're those young people they're going to be sophie's age they're going to hopefully be playing those stages one day 
So mm. the, one of the questions that the foundation asked us to ask people when we we're doing it is, what do we think we could do going forward to help protect those as they're coming up if they're experiencing what Sophie had to go through? Is I it- think I, I, I think personally we need to do a lot of work with kids on social media because I think one of the biggest problems kids are coming up against, whether they're being taught it or they're experiencing it themselves, is social media, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter or whatever it's now called, you know, Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think MySpace. Yeah, Yeah, Adam, Adam. There we go. That's where Adam's at. But I think that's where I think that's where parents need to step in and be really mindful of what the kids are doing. You know, I think I'm very against kids at a very young age having certain social media platforms. I also think there needs to be a lot of online um, awareness, shall we say, of bullying, because I think the problem is the online bullying side of things is so horrific, you know, and I see it, I use platforms like TikTok and Instagram, and unfortunately, I see it, and I often step in to to make comments, but when you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people abusing somebody, you know, this is, I think, a huge problem, I don't think even people realise how big the problem is. No. They should do that. You know, YouTube have YouTube kids. They should have Facebook kids and X kids and, yes. and so, you know what I mean? And people yeah. over a certain age can't access it. There's got to be a way yeah. that they can stop older people from going on, you know, I mean, that's keep predators away and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But I didn't know how to word that then. Sorry, I was, my brain was going, uh, how do I get around I this? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> and especially TikTok. TikTok's the worst because you can literally find anything on there. I mean, yeah. and that's what you've got to be really careful of. And there is no sort of screening because all it asks you for when you register is how old are you? There's no proof required. Um, and I think parents need to be really mindful of what their kids are seeing because there's some horrible stuff on the internet. We know that. Oh, yeah, that absolutely is. I've got small children myself, so I'm always sat next to them. If I see them doing stuff, I'm like, just, just making sure. Just, just making sure. Because mm. especially with TikTok, yeah. you watch one video of something, then your feed is full of that for the next like, yeah. 20 minutes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I try not to watch it, if I'm honest. I've just, you know, I've seen my wife there and I wake up in the middle of the night and she's there at three in the morning. What are you doing? Watching a TikTok video that she probably started an hour ago. TikTok's very addictive. It is very. So you, you're innocently starting a, a a scroll for five minutes, and then four hours later, you're on you're just on a you're a rabbit hole of whatever. So yeah. it is a problem. Well, I, mean, I think the social media is a problem across many many sort of facets. But you know, I think as regards to the Sophie side of things, you know, the big thing for me is the awareness. Um, you know, yeah. getting it in front of everybody, and it's the communication networks and the channels that we can then sort of um, influence, I guess, with with the right level of messaging. Uh, and it's got to be done in such a way that 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 will that will sort of help to engage people as well. You know, it's it's got to be upbeat and it's got to be the right kind of message that goes out there. So it's it's all about the comms for me. I think in in sort of getting it in front of people. I think what the foundation are doing, you know, getting in front of young kids and doing the seminars and um, you know bringing it to sort of government sort of attention, etc. I think is is vital, absolutely vital. Yeah. It's it's got to be tackled from the highest possible level. You know, and it has to be a zero to zero tolerance approach. It's got to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think as the justice system is is broken, um, you know, with a lot of these punishments, they aren't they aren't fitting of of potential crimes. I think, you know, from from the criminality side of things, people feel they can get away with a lot more for for a lot less of a punishment if they get one at all. 
you know it's it's not designed to sort of you know keep us safe it's designed to sort of keep them safe you know from yeah. from whatever but yeah that that needs a big overhaul but you know we've got to start somewhere and think you know with what everything's happening with sophie and the foundation and you know with what we, you, you guys are doing and with what we're doing at the festival it's a start and that's all it is it's a start there's a lot of work still to do absolutely is. and if we can achieve sylvia's goal of getting it classed as one of the strands of hate crime yes that yeah. would help so much yeah. so so much mm. Yeah, Sylvia's done some incredible work, as have the foundation, and it's the saddest story to try and, but but it's achieving the greatest thing, yes, for the, all the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a shame that the foundation has to exist, but the fact that it does is incredible because it's needed. Yeah, um, and we need to keep pushing that out there in every way possible. It absolutely is. And it's thanks to people like yourself who are flying that flag every single year that we're going to get this done. I'm, my, I as you have guys so are. much hope. As you guys are as well. Don't don't underestimate your own impact of what yeah, you're doing. Absolutely. Well, no, I appreciate that. You know, you're, you're championing that cause and putting it out there. I think, you know, collectively, as a collective, we yeah. can do it. And we yeah. will. We won't yeah. stop until, until, like you said. And we, I think even when we achieve that goal, that's, that's phase one. Yeah. On the next so, yeah, yeah we'll keep going absolutely we'll, we'll start wrapping up now but we did mention last year's announcements early but there's one other thing i've got to mention you legalize binge ousting for next year <laughs> i couldn't oh, believe I it, it was i was well, at work uh, watching the live and i was like oh my god <laughs> well, look, adam. It's all adam. you know what you, you tell somebody else to do something they're going to do it anyway Yep. So my 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 I'm trying to use reverse psychology. If I say yes, no, go ahead, you can do it. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that'll be the result. But just in case it's not, we do have to embrace it. But because they keep doing it, and we're not going to stop it, we've tried for years. We've got to try and make it safer. Yes. So people that do it, they will have to sign a disclaimer to say they're doing this on their own for on for, you know on their own backs, if you like. But we we want we want crash mats on the floor. We want paddling around the bins. We want you know, to make it as safe as possible for people that want to have a little bit of fun. Um, because if we don't, and somebody grabs a bin and, you know, they've got a jaggedy edge because they've been bashing it together all, all weekend and they get hurt, that's not fair on, on anybody. So, yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it you know, I bought we bought a load of inflatables this year in the hope that that might sort of appease, but, you know, there's a few yeah, that like does... the bins. <laughs> they just love the bins. And the thing is, it's... We'll see. I mean, I think we're one of the only festivals that even had. I don't even know why it started binge ousting, but it so has. Where did so this even come from? I mean, festivals have been around for decades. I mean, decades. We yeah. start one, and binge ousting is a thing. So it's like, <laughs> where, you know, why, why us? <laughs> we don't know. Um, it's not a good thing, obviously, but the it fact that when we announced it, we legalised it as well. Everybody was so happy. I've never seen so many smiley faces on a Facebook Live. When we told everybody it was legalized, <laughs> so we'll see how yeah. this year goes. We've, we've still got some hoops to jump through with health and safety, though. They've not approved it yet, yeah, but the, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. be fine. We've yeah. done our usual. Oh, gone, it'll be all right. We all do it. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Get a referee. Get a referee. Yeah. Well. We've got one. We've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, and we've got teams and everything. Amazing. Yeah. There's going to be rules. There'll be a whole. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah this, this, you can tell by Adam's voice, there's already regret. I was about to say that. You can see the regret on Adam's face already. Yeah. Now it's going oh, to be great. Adam's been, Adam's been down and tired with it. He's just fed up with it now. Uh, I'll never forget, like, it's 2022. Me and Tom were old souls. We were trying to sleep and all you could hear was, Oof, wait. I was like, I yeah. hate being Jason so much. I just want to sleep. <laughs> It's yeah, like we need. Yeah, we need to make sure that we, um, you know, maintain it and, and sort of keep it in the one campsite as well. And I think that's the other thing because what they were doing because we kept moving all the bins out, they'd, they'd go around all the different campsites in a group of two or three hundred looking for bins. So it was yeah. like it wasn't unfair on everybody else. And we actually had we had a bit of a coup this year. So one of our our overnight manager basically hid all his lanyards on his high vis and everything and walked around with the group, thinking if they get a bin, I'm going to take it off them. So they, they did about three or four different campsites, found this bin, marched it back to the main campsite, and just as we were about to set up, took out his high-vis, put on his badge, and went, thanks, lads, and then just walked off with a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, but it they are they are a persistent bunch, I've, I've got to say. That, you know, fair yeah. play to the fans. They're very persistent, and, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. Yeah. Is that your way of saying you're going to take part? No. No. <laughs> No, you can he take is. that to the bank. He'll have no. one little go. He'll have one no, I won't even do that. No, I'm just going to literally just unlock the bins and walk away. So just let the referees <laughs> do their job. <laughs> you wouldn't even need a bin, Adam. You just stand there and just like crush into you, Blake. Is that all you got? <laughs> Don't give him ideas. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We won't, we won't we'll be back in production we'll next in. year with the bin saying, where's Adam gone? <laughs> Yeah, we saw this on the, on the on the podcast you did. No, nope. <laughs> what are you talking about? What podcast? Yeah. I'm working Who from home they? next August. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, guys, thank you so much for this. It means the absolute world. Like, really important that we really wanted to get you guys on this vlog that we're putting together ready. So, it really right, makes a lot of time. Thank you for having us. It's been yes. really great. So, thank you for that. Oh, yeah, it's been lovely. Pleasure. And we'll, We'll see you definitely in a field next August. Yes, yes. a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And, uh, yeah. we'll and just you. Soon. All right, guys. See you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, no, I don't want to do that one. No. I just have the image of this like important message about a Sophie Lancaster Foundation and Vicky's the moon. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my life's like, honestly. <laughs> we can edit all this. This can be the outtakes. <laughs> yeah.